Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Today we are wrapping up the book of Philippians. But before we get there, I'm going to quiz you, Bobby, and you listeners with some Christmas trivia. (laughs) My goodness. Growing up, my family's favorite movie to watch, I was telling Bobby this the other day, was The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. And we would borrow it from our neighbor who lived down the street, the old VHS. And, (laughs) oh, man, that movie still just makes me happy, makes me laugh. But here's a trivia question. So you listening, see if you could answer it. Bobby Jean. I will do my best. going to test your Christmas... Wisdom here. I'm ready. What is the real name of the character Tim Allen plays in The Santa Claus? Scott Calvin. Boom. I love you. <laughs> I knew that's an easy one. You all guys. right. What's the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time? It's a Wonderful Life. Nope. It's a Home Alone. One. Yes, Home uh-huh. Alone. What what song was in Home Alone that we John Williams made it? And I was like, I thought this was an old Christmas song. Uh, but Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells. It's yeah. actually from. Christmas movie. All right, here's the last one I'll give you. In a Christmas story, what (laughs) gift does Ralphie receive from his aunt? Bunny costume. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Corver. Cheers, the crowd goes wild. (laughs) When it's about these superficial movie things, go figure. (laughs) You nailed them. You nailed it. Anyways, back to the Bible. We're looking at Philippians 4. That was fun. Good idea. Philippians 4. What stood out to you, Precious? (laughs) Yeah, well... You actually just preached on this not too long ago, like mm. three weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, and so I was I was reminded of some of the points that you were making there too, specifically. And you listeners might have heard this too if you were if you were not sleeping during Master Clark's survey. Hey, there are dozers but, out there. Look out! No. <laughs> One guy snored so loud a couple weeks ago it startled me. Know. Yeah, and half this half the congregation. Know, all of us. Like, oh dear, really sleeping? <laughs> he really was. Oh. Um, Time change, got him. Anyway, one of the things you talked about was that just that little phrase right before verse six. That's the Lord is near, and how that's just such great cause. Then, as you go into verse six, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> you just go back a little bit. So that kind of stuck out to me. But really, initially, you guys, it was kind of verse five, and just this little phrase: um, "Let your gentleness be evident to all." Because essentially what was sticking out in this is, you know, we're, we're entering into Christmas where I feel like just emotions can run high and anxiety can be one of those for a lot of people. And so we're specifically talking about this in Philippians. And it's funny because if you are like me, when, when you know, chaos is happening or things are really rushed or getting loud, like what's the first thing to go out the window? Gentleness. It's got to be your, your gentleness. It's in the corporate household, at least. And so even if it's not, you know, even if you're not acting a different way with your body, but your tone and your language and your pace, like all of a sudden we're moving really fast and there's this like snarky, sarcastic tone and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so I was just encouraged, challenged, convicted, and just kind of sitting with that verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. And when I reflected on moments, uh, and, and honestly, we, we actually just had one recently when there there's actually opportunity for that. Like, oh my goodness, you know, we're going to be late. We're trying to get out the door. We got to get the bags together, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
But when there is, you know, a a non-anxious presence, when there is gentleness, it is evident to all. (laughs) Because everybody's like, oh, okay, mom's like good, mom's calm, so I guess we're good then as we go on it (laughs) because it's actually proven that like an anxious spirit is contagious yeah you walk in a room and if you're fidgeting and really worried and and anxious and visibly anxious it can make other people really anxious quickly as well sure but you also believe that um, the bible teaches about being people of peace and coming in yeah and allowing that to hopefully be contagious as well totally so that's kind of the first thing that stuck out to me just let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near um and then the passage continues Mm -hmm. and then you kind of wanted to share i think some too didn't you or no no yeah i I could share something um yeah what what stood out to me was (laughs) i'm kidding what stood out to me was verses eight and nine uh mostly because i'm writing a sermon right now for sunday that's hey gal that's on peace and the Sunday sermon is going to focus on Paul's main thought going through the book of Colossians. But Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9 is a really powerful and a helpful verse when it comes to peace. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want peace? Verse 8 and 9, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So when you look at those two words, remember those two verses, remember the Lord's near. Okay, be gentle. God's with you. The God of peace is here. But really there's three categories that those verses break down into. Thoughts, action, and experience. Thoughts, verse 8, think about such things. What is he talking about? He says, think about things that are true. Noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy. Think about these things. And then the second step is this. Now put this into practice. Because what you think about, you do. Your words often become habits. Or sorry, your thoughts often become words. Words form habits. There's a quote that um, I'm going to use on Sunday that really just shapes and forms a lot of us in how we're living, what we're thinking, what we're doing, but how all these things are intertwined, but it often starts with our thinking. So thoughts, action, experience. Look at action in verse 9. It says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Well, what what's Paul talking about there? He's basically talking about his ministry. He's talking about scripture. He's talking about the things that he's written them. Like pray for one another, bless one another, like call out sin and be gentle to one another, share the gospel with those, repent and believe. These are the things that he's talked about, that they've learned from him, they've received, they've heard or they've seen. And then the last part, experience. So you have thoughts, you have action, you have experience. And the experience is this, the God of peace will then be with you. So I understand that it does seem like an easy formula. And life is not easy formulas. At least relationships, feelings, emotions are not. But I do believe there's something here to our thinking and then our doing and then our experience. Uh, One of the the research studies I I use for my sermon Sunday is talking about how we have over 500 unexpected and intrusive thoughts every day and how almost 80% of our negative thinking is not... Um, new thoughts, it's actually carryover from the previous day that are repeated. 
And oftentimes those thoughts go up to be about 14 seconds long. This is from Psychology Today and Harvard University. Mm-hmm. And how when you total that up, you have hours every day of being bombarded with negative thinking, kind of running through the what ifs, what ifs, what ifs that often are not grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. So when you want to talk about experiencing peace with God and peace within yourself, mm-hmm. Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9 are huge. You have to think a certain way about things that are true, noble, pure, right, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, and then do what Paul has called us to do in the scriptures. And when we're thinking about those things and following Christ with our bodies, he says you're going to experience the peace of God. He's going to be with you. So um, when I'm talking to folks, even in my own brain, I have maybe a repeated negative thought. I'm not worthy. I'm not able to do X, Y, or Z. I'm a failure. I, I don't like how I look. I'm not sure what it is for you. you got to identify that. Satan's called the father of lies. His primary tactic is lies. So our primary weapon is God's truth, which is the word. And his word is true and noble and right and pure and lovely. Mm-hmm. And so identify the lie. Speak truth and do it in one sentence. Maybe it's just one verse. And then you have a declaration that you, you speak over yourself um, time and time again. And so on Sunday, I'm excited because that's what we're going to do for the time of reflection. Yeah. At the end of the service, I'm going to have everybody sit down and I'll offer a list that has you know, maybe 20 lies and also 20 truths that combat those lies. And I'm going to encourage you to yeah. actually write out the lie, the truth, and then a declaration hmm. that is biblically based and we can repeat because it's the repl- re- remove and replace yeah, called action. Principle, yeah. yeah, principle. Remove the lie, replace it with truth. And we have to do that hundreds if not thousands of times a day because that's how many thoughts we have totally yeah that's not easy and so i think even one thing you're saying is identifying uh, a lot of folks like we've believed a lie for so long that to us this lie is truth Mm -hmm. and then we don't like have the discernment until we look back into the word of god we're like oh wait that's not true like that's not what god thinks about me that's not what god says about me um and so i think it's going to be super helpful just to be able to identify some of those things. And then from there, like you said, move mm-hmm. to a place where you can actually practically put this into pra- into practice. Because sometimes, you know, I, I, we have conversations. You're going to encounter your family um, this holiday season, too, where it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of struggling or uh, just really super busy, like not really having let. Maybe they won't use this language, but essentially it's just like, yeah, there's just not a lot of peace. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we just jump right to like a lot of other things that could be going on when realistically, like when we talk about peace, let's address peace with God and let's address peace within ourselves. That's kind of where you're going to go in your sermon, right? Yeah. Anyway, so those are just really just super practical nuts and bolts things from mm-hmm. Philippians that you can do um, to help move in the direction of healing, of yeah. restoration, of peace. Can I nerd out for a second? Please. Let me tell you what I'm learning. You just said it in your statement here. You say we often jump to things that we, you know, think, say, or do again and again. Sure. And there's a reason behind that. And so at the bottom of your brain stem, yeah. you have the reticular activating system. Oh, it's yes. these mm-hmm. nerves mm-hmm. that basically take <laughs> they take all of the sensory information that you are coming that, that's coming into your eyes, your ears, mm-hmm. and you're filtering this information. Mm. Then what the RAS does is then it filters it and sends it out 
and it naturally goes to neural pathways that have been formed before. That are already So in if place, you think yeah. about, yeah, a beaten path in the, in the woods, you're going to walk along it because it's right there. Someone else has walked on this before, mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. a pathway that's been formed, or water down a rock right. forming a waterfall. The water knows where to go because it's been down it for 100 years or whatever. Yeah. The same is true with our thoughts. When you're trying to figure out, like, what do I do with this information, your brain sends it to pathways or ruts that have been formed mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. your brain is as pliable. It's, it's about it's efficiency. Efficiency too. is, yeah, yeah neuroplasticity. And so that's why when it comes to, uh, I'll use a good example and a bad example. A bad example is sin. Mm. The first time you did something you know you shouldn't have done, let's, let's say you told a lie. And after you told that lie for the first time ever and you were aware of it, you felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It felt awkward. It didn't probably feel natural. And then there's a temptation to do it again. And it still felt wrong. And then in time, there's a temptation to do it again. And after a while, right. it becomes normalized mm-hmm. and you actually become used to it. And that awkwardness goes away and you form a habit mm-hmm. of telling mm-hmm. lies because a new neural pathway has been formed. Let's take something that's good, riding a bike. Like we're, I'm teaching Cal how to ride his bike mm-hmm. right now. And what he's having to do for like the last week or two is learn how to have his muscles line up with his brain because it's new, it's unnatural. He does not Mm -hmm. have muscle memory and he does not have neural pathways that also tell his muscles what to do. So it takes repetition after repetition after repetition. And now, by God's grace, we got through it. We got through (laughs) he's riding a bike. But the same is true when it comes to replacing lies with truth. It takes repetition and we might need to form neural pathways like, don't feed the plant um, that is ungodly. Uh, Colossians talks about, like, killing our sin nature, our anger, our malice, our slander, all those things. It's like, mm-hmm. don't water that thought. Let it be deprived. Let it dry up. Let yeah. it die. Feed the thought that's good. And in time, your brain actually heals. So when Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, yeah. science is lining up with what Scripture has taught for thousands of years. So as we wrap up, yeah, so I'll talk more about it Sunday, but I want to encourage you, Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 for me, Bobby's talking more about, you know, hey, let's be gentle, the Lord is near, both are good, biblical, profound things that God has laid before us in the book of Philippians. Oh, so So. profound. Also, uh, Bible trivia. Bible trivia and Christmas <laughs> trivia. We'll bring it we'll bring it your way Friday again. Mm. More trivia questions, so stay tuned. Indeed. Is there anything that we need to announce or that's going on that we need to let people know about? Um, young adults, if you're a young adult in your 20s and 30s, we have the Chosen movie Christmas showing this Saturday. Oh, yes. Also buying dinner for all the, the those in that age group. Uh, let me know if you're interested. December 9th, the Chosen Movie Show is going to be for men's ministry. December 11th is for the whole church. Everybody can come watch the movie. And it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. It will. Thanks for listening, you guys. Have a blessed week. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.